Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today's podcast will be probably a little shorter, that's my guess. Um, This Sunday at our particular location is the Chicago Marathon. And if you've ever been to Chicago or know anything about the marathon, you know that it totally wreaks havoc on traffic and road closings. And our site in particular is affected because the route and the finish and the start happen so close to where we are. So our worship attendance is always pretty low on Marathon Sunday. So my hunch is that the service will be shorter. It's kind of stripped down, unplugged. So my sermon today will be probably a little shorter too. But that's not to say that I haven't prepared and also that I'm not excited about sharing some thoughts with you. The text today comes from Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Here are these words. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet, I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. May God's blessing be on the listening and living out of this word. So I am not a huge fan necessarily of shows like Antiques Roadshow, and by that I mean I don't watch them um, heart consistently, but I do like stories that I see from time to time on YouTube, and I thought about those stories this week as I was reflecting on our new sermon series I always like those segments in Antiques Roadshow where somebody comes in with an item that was hidden in a basement or an attic and they don't really know what it is and they bring it to see how much it's worth. Or maybe they bought it at a garage sale for a nickel or something like that and they come in to see what it's worth. So I was thinking about this week and I saw one YouTube clip from a woman who had purchased this plate at a garage sale, and I think she spent a few dollars on it. And she liked the look of it, and so, in fact, she liked it so much that she hung it up in her kitchen. In fact, she hung it up above the stove in her kitchen. And so, as you can imagine, by hanging this plate, this decorative plate up above her stove, uh, it got some grease and grime on it, and she didn't really give it much thought until the day when she was looking at, I don't know if she, can't remember if she went to a museum or if she saw this in a book, but she saw a plate uh, that looked almost exactly like the plate that she owned in this museum or in this book. And so she was curious about it and she started looking at it a little bit. And so she decided to take it into Antiques Roadshow to see what it was and what it was worth. And in the process of her exploration and in the process of her taking it to Antiques Roadshow, she realized what she had was a plate that was made by Picasso. 
Uh, it was one of a few that he made. And, the, and on Antiques Roadshow, of course, they have the expert who's pointing out, this is how you know that Picasso did it. And this is how you know how he made it for this particular um, art gallery and go, so on and so forth. And so this plate that she had put above her stove and let grit and grime get on it actually was a Picasso worth $10,000. And it's always great to see the look on somebody's face is that look of, oh, my gosh, I can't believe what I have. And then there's this look of, I can't believe I treated it like this. And now the look of what am I going to do now with this thing that is worth a whole lot more than I originally thought. That clip it came to mind as I thought about this sermon series that we are calling Worth. We are exploring different things about Worth. Uh, we are exploring today what are we worth. We'll be talking about what is money worth in our society. We'll be talking about what is worth uh, our generosity. And then we'll also be talking about uh, what is our community of faith worth to us. So today we start with this passage from Matthew, which comes from uh, the Sermon on the Mount. This is a good entry point, I think, for us when we talk about worth and reflect on worth. So this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, which starts at the beginning of Matthew 5 and goes through Matthew, the end of Matthew 7. My study Bible, study Bible summarizes the Sermon on the Mount pretty well. It says, it sets the stage for the mission of God through the agency of Jesus' teaching and actions. So there's a lot of teaching, whether Jesus gave this sermon all at once or whether perhaps these are snippets of sermons that he gave and the uh, author of Matthew put it all together, we don't know, but essentially it's a, it's a good way for the gospel of Matthew to say, if you want to know who Jesus is and what Jesus is about, the Sermon on the Mount is a good place to start. It starts off with the Beatitudes, and then throughout, again, there are little, in a sense, kind of YouTube videos of the day, TED Talks of the day, snippets that Jesus is sharing in, in what he is wanting to convey and who he is about. So as we look at today's text, this is often one, certainly, that people will look to who are feeling stressed out, they're feeling busy, they're feeling anxious, and uh, at times this is, can be really helpful for them, though at times, too, it may not be. It's easy for Jesus to say, just don't worry about it, don't worry about your life. Uh, by saying these things, perhaps they put something in our mind like, well, now you tell me the war not to worry, it's going to make me worry even more. But really, I think the focus of this text usually, almost always, is to help us to think about what do we prioritize in our life? What do we prioritize in our life? I learned this week in doing some more digging into this scripture that the word worry or anxiety is actually translated from a Greek term that means split attention or divided concern. Isn't that interesting? This Greek term that that worry or anxiety, it really means split attention or divided concern. And I think that gets at what Jesus is trying to say here, that often what worries us or what makes us anxious comes about because we are splitting our attention. We are dividing our concerns among many different things. Often we are prioritizing and splitting our attention and giving our focus to things perhaps that don't give us life. So what Jesus is saying here is you cannot do both. You cannot serve both. You cannot worry about the things of this world if that is your top priority and try also to say, I'm also going to focus on God. I'm also going to focus on all these different things. Jesus is saying you, you can't do that. In a sense, you can't do two things at once. 
I came across an article this week about multitasking and really that multitasking is really, really difficult to do. And I was reading this one article from the scientist from MIT who said that when you think you're multitasking, actually your brain is quickly going back between tasks. And when you do that, when you every time you go back and forth, that depletes energy. And so multitasking actually drains you, which leads you to accomplishing fewer things, not more things. My wife and I went, we were lucky enough to get tickets to Hamilton last week. And that, of course, was an amazing performance. But what was interesting, too, is that as we sat down, the former governor of Illinois, Pat Quinn, sat down right in front of us. And in the intermission, uh, I started chatting him up. This was the day after the first presidential debate, so I was curious about what he thought about that. So I introduced myself, and we started chatting. And as I was talking to him, I noticed, and my hunch is that lots of politicians do this. He was talking to me, and I assume was kind of listening to me, but he was also, his eyes were scanning all around. Just, is it was almost like feeling like, you really are, I'm not, am I important enough for you to pay attention to? So I think he was trying to do two things at once. He was trying to listen to me, but also trying to scan who else is here. And that certainly didn't make me feel very good. It was great to talk with him and he was very pleasant, but also I had a sense of like, I probably was not important enough for him to give his total attention to. And this is what worry and anxiety stem out of when we try to place our attention on many things or on the wrong things. And so again, the focus of this text often is strive first for the kingdom of God and everything else, but before anything else. Strive first. That's what Jesus is trying to say here. Strive first. Make that your top priority. So when we look at this text, often that is one of the main things that we get from that. And that's a perfectly great thing to get from this text. But today, too, I want to think about something else that you can get from this text. And it's something that I don't solely focus on. Normally, I when I read this text, I focus on the things that I just mentioned. But what I don't focus on and I think that's really interesting, is to note what is God prioritizing in this text? What is God prioritizing? We think a lot about what do we prioritize in this passage, but we don't think a whole lot about what God prioritizes. And I think when we do, that gets at a really interesting aspect of this whole concept of worth. So it notes, the text notes that God knows that certain material things are necessary. Verse 32 says, For it is the Gentiles who strive for things like what will we eat, what will we drink, and indeed your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So it's not that Jesus is saying these things don't matter at all. They matter. But you get a sense that that's not the thing that God prioritizes the most. So then, this is, if you take this at the bottom level, this is something that God might prioritize in our uh, or God that God prioritizes. And then also we get a sense that God prioritizes creation. God prioritizes the, the birds and the, and the lilies. And we see here how beautiful they are, that God cares for these things too. The second part of verse 28 into 29 says, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. So again, we have a sense here that God cares for the beauty of, of our world, the birds and the lilies and all that surrounds us. So this is a priority, I think, for God. And yet, it is not the most or the top thing that God prioritizes. 
the top thing that God prioritizes, see, we see this in verse 26, and this is from the Common English Bible translation. Verse 26 says, aren't you worth much more than they? And here, God, or Jesus is talking to the they as the birds. Jesus is talking to his audience, and I think today is the true for all of us. Aren't you worth much more than anything else? Aren't you worth much more than the material things that we need in our life? Aren't you worth much more than the creation that God has given to us? So when we think about the question, what does God prioritize? The answer is you. The answer is us. That is what is worth so much. Now, we see this throughout the Bible, and we say this a lot at Urban Village. Not just at Urban Village, but I think a lot of churches too. We say the phrase that you are worth a lot, that you are loved, that you are beloved by God. We say this all the time, and sometimes I wonder, do we talk about this too much? But sometimes I wonder if it really, really sinks in. It's kind of like when you go to, uh, when you're going to on a, on a trip and you go and you're going to fly to wherever it is you're going and you sit down in the seat and the flight attendants are up front and they're doing their best to try to give you information that's going to literally save your life. Here's how you buckle your seatbelt. Here's how the oxygen masks come down. Here's the way to exit the plane in case of an emergency. So they do all these things. But as you look around, hardly anybody is paying attention at all because they've heard it before. Yeah, I know what is going to save my life. I, I know that. I don't need to, the review of it. And sometimes I wonder if it's the same thing when we hear these words that, of, that, that God considers you to be a treasure, that you are worth so much to God, that you are beloved by God. We see this throughout the scriptures. We say it all the time. And people probably like, yeah, yeah, I know it. I know it. And it, we tune it out and we don't let it truly, truly sink in. I think the thing for us is to believe this, to believe it, to let it sink into the core. You may have heard it so many times, and you may give a head nod to it, and you may believe it at times, and you may think there are other things for us to focus on. But the thing coming back to you, and I think this is something for us, when we think about what is worth, what is of worth, especially in God's eyes, and that's you. So before you tune me out, and before you think, we hear, hear this all the time, stop. This is life-saving, I think, information. And ask yourself the question, do I really believe this? Do I really believe that I am worth so much in God's eyes? And do I let that be the center of, of my faith and who I am. I read a great quote this week from a scholar, Matthew Meyer Bolton. He's the president of Christian Theological Seminary, and he said this, faith, faith is believing that God actually is an intimate, caring parent and a trustworthy deliverer. And moreover, that this care and deliverance is for you, for me, for us, for all. Faith is believing that God is these things. Believing it, that's what faith is. When we were first starting Urban Village, 
we were uh, meeting with lots of different people. One of the things that I did, I used to work for the fraternity I was in in college in, in Evanston in a suburb of Chicago. And um, after I left the fraternity many years ago and we were starting Urban Village up again, I reached out to the fraternity office and asked them, could you send me, would you mind if you sent me, I'm trying to start this church, could you send me the email addresses of every member of my fraternity from around the nation from this year to this year. And I'm going to reach out to them just to see if they would meet with me. So I spent those first two, three months doing a lot of emailing of people. And there were a lot of rejections or a lot of uh, people who didn't answer, but there were a few who did. And I was kind of pleasantly surprised when they did because it's a little bit of a shot in the dark. So one of the people who did is a, a man named Phoenician. Phoenician went to Northwestern University and he responded saying, yeah, I'll be happy to meet with you. And so we started, we met up and we met up at this Barnes and Noble uh, in in the Loop in Chicago. And there's a Starbucks in this Barnes and Noble. And so we couldn't find a really place to sit down. So we had to go back into the book stacks. We found these two chairs way in the back of the book stacks. So we just kind of sat there and started talking. And so Phoenician started sharing a little bit of his life story. And whenever I met with people, I didn't necessarily, I wasn't necessarily selling the church uh, or faith or anything else. It was just really wanting to get to know the city and want to get to know more people. But Phoenician had grown up. He's, his parents were uh, Chinese immigrants. So Phoenician is Chinese American. And so he was telling me his story about growing up in the church and growing up in Chicago. And and I was he was asking about what this new church was going to be about. And, and I can't remember exactly how the conversation went, but I said something to the effect of helping people really know that God loves them. And in my own mind, as I said this, I thought, this is no big deal, right? This is the news that we hear over and over again. And this is news that I convey all the time. But as I said this, I looked at Phoenician and I noticed that there were tears that were starting to come out of his eyes. And it floored me. And he, we've, we've reflected on that uh, since that meeting, uh, because Phoenician started becoming a part of Urban Village. In fact, Phoenician became, he, was, he built uh, uh, our first database and then moved away, but we stayed in touch. And in fact, I, st- I shared that story in the book that I wrote that's coming out next year. And, um, and he talks about hearing those words that God loves you. And it was as if he heard him for the first time or that it really sunk in. That was a time when he really actually believed it. And it totally changed him. I just kind of threw it off like it's no big deal. But Phoenician, for, for, for Phoenician, it was a big deal. It was like one of the first times that he heard those words and he actually believed it. And he had a sense that I'm, I'm really am worth something, even though sometimes I doubt and, and wonder what it's all about. And that totally changed things for me. It, it's helped me in my own faith journey in moments where I judge myself on what I produce. And if I don't produce things that I think are very good or effective, then I think, well, that's not worth much. Therefore, I then think about myself and am I worth much because I'm not producing anything of value. And that interaction with Phoenician, in addition to other readings that I've done over the years and other prayers that I've had and people that I've talked to reminds me that it doesn't really matter what I produce because at the base level, I am worth so much in God's eyes. So when we talk about worth 
over the next few weeks and as we reflect on what is worth our time and we'll be certainly ta- and we will be talking about what is worth our our money and our contributions and our giving it starts at this it starts at the core it starts at believing believing having faith that i am worth i am worth something i'm worth more than something i am worth so much this is the message that jesus wanted to convey this is the message that god sends to us every single moment of our lives you are worthy and our response is believing that and letting it change us so that we can then begin to reflect on what else is worthy, who else is worthy in our own lives too. Amen. Well, I was a little shorter than normal, but not that much, not as short as I thought it would be. So thank you for hanging in there and listening. Um, I mentioned last week that Urban Village now has an app that you can download either on your Android or your iPhone. So go to wherever you get your apps and you can download that. And one of the things that you can do is listen to not only my podcasts, but the other podcasts that our other pastors uh, record and preach too. So I encourage you to check out our new app. Uh, Certainly you can always listen to this uh, in the places you have been getting it. And regardless of how you download it or listen to it, please don't hesitate to reach out. If you have questions, concerns, need to be prayed for, whatever, Uh, my email is chris at urbanvillagechurch.org. On Twitter, I'm at Christian Kuhn. I'm always happy to interact with you. So um, next week, I will be not recording anything. I will be uh, back home in Iowa at uh, a family member's wedding. So no podcast for me next week, but I'll be back in two weeks as we continue this sermon series on worth. So go to the app, listen to our other pastors for next week and hear their thoughts too. So until the next time, friends, may the peace of Christ be with you.